Do you know, when I was here last week, I was really struck by a question that Peter asked. And that was, how, how much is it? <laughs> it was a big question, I have to say. <laughs> how much do you value the kingdom of God? Now, that is quite a question, isn't it? And I thought, hmm, I don't even know how I measure how I value the kingdom of God. What measures do I use for that? So I've been thinking about that this week quite a bit. And um, as others of you might have been doing as well. And today, we're thinking about faith and the kingdom of God. Now, you know, we were thinking about the king in the last few months and that he has a kingdom and that he is king of his kingdom and that kingdom is open to everybody. Um, and we come through faith. Now, when we go to visit family in New Zealand, we go by plane. And it's fine when we book up, but two weeks before we set off, I start thinking, hmm, don't really know how, how good this really is to be up very high in the air <laughs> um, for 26 hours, give or take an hour or so, 26 hours in this cylinder going very fast very high up, not quite sure about that. And it sort of plays on my mind a bit, the two weeks beforehand. When I get on the plane, fine. But I do it because it's the only way to get there. Well, we could go by boat, but with the time we've got, to be frank, we would be coming back before we'd even got there, so we do have to go by plane. So it is the only way to get there. Now, I don't understand all the laws of aerodynamics or what engineer, well, I know what they do, but I don't understand anything about engineering. So I have to put my trust in the people that do know because God has given that information. He's taught us those things. There are people that do know. So I put my trust in the people that know that they will have done a good job, they will have uh, put into practice all the knowledge they have, and that I will be safe in the air, because it's the only way to get there. Now, you hear some people say, well, I don't trust anybody, but actually we all trust somebody. If we've got a tooth problem, we go to the dentist. If we've got a health problem, we'll go and visit the doctor. Um, we trust people because we trust that they know what they're doing and we have to place our trust in them. Now, when we come into the kingdom of God, we do so by faith, placing our trust in God. But it's not quite the same kind of faith as trusting the dentist or trusting the doctor. Because even though we do that, we know that human beings are fallible and 
mistakes do happen. So it's when we come into the faith of the kingdom of God, we put our faith into the truth of God and the truth of his word and the truth of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's absolute. There's no other way to get there. Only through Jesus. So through faith, we take that step into the kingdom. So I'm there. Fine. I have my salvation. I'm in the kingdom of God. I can sit back now, all done, all dusted. It's a personal thing. I express it my way, the way it suits me, fits with my life. I choose the bits that I want from the Bible. Maybe there's something that I find a little challenging or uncomfortable, I'll leave that aside. I remember several months back now, Mike using a phrase called the pick and mix. I think you said, Mike, the pick and mix um, gospel or the pick and mix kind of faith. And I thought, gosh, that's a really good description, isn't it? You know, we can pick this bit and leave that bit. And um, is that how it is? Now, people that have moved to different parts of the world and live um, in amongst different people groups, and I know that I have heard Mike and both Claire talking a little bit about this, is it's not just enough to know the language. You have to learn the language, but it's not just enough. You've got to get to know the culture of the people that you're around, because otherwise you can make some really big mistakes. And I guess people that come and live here from other cultures may find the same. That, you know, they find things that are a little bit different here to the culture that they have been living in. Different cultures have different priorities, different values, different meaning to things. I know in some of the little uh, Polynesian islands, if I were to say, um, if I were to say to Jackie, for instance, ah, Jackie, I really like the necklace you're wearing, Jackie would feel obliged to give it to me because that's what you do in that culture. So it'd be really quite rude to say that. It's a great way of acquiring things, isn't it? But <laughs> a little bit rude. Whereas here, we think it's a compliment. You know, if people say that, we don't expect to have to give it if, if somebody compliments us. Um, a very different way of doing things. And even in the same country, there can be different cultures in different parts of the country, can't there? Or different cultures in different families. You know, families have their own family culture, which makes it quite difficult when we get married and two different cultures come together, and they're not always the same. And it takes a little bit of working out. Uh, schools have a different culture. And um, Graham's mum went to a boarding school. And um, in that boarding school, at lunchtime, um, if you wanted the salt, you couldn't say, could you pass me the salt? You would have to say um, to somebody near the salt, <clears throat> Would you like the salt? And then they would say, no, thank you, but would you like it? And then they would pass it. 
Now, I cannot think of any good reason. <clears throat> I can't think of any good reason for doing that other than it was an extremely robust form of politeness. Um, That's a robust way of putting it. Fortunately, it isn't one. It's not a culture that Graham's mum continued in her own family. But you see, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because if you've grown up in a culture where actually it's rude to express that you have a need, when you come into God's culture, his kingdom, which is very different, where we're encouraged to know our needs and to bring our need, and particularly our need of him, that's the struggle, isn't it? Two cultures colliding. And it's not always comfortable to come in to God's culture, and we need to understand it and look at the cultures we've brought in with us to see whether they, they match up. And I guess many of us would have little stories, not, not perhaps as extreme as not being able to ask for the salt, but you know, we may have our own stories of our own cultures and how we're struggling to come in and to live in the culture of the kingdom. It can be quite a struggle. So we need to know the culture of the kingdom we're coming into, and it's quite easy to see that, really, because we, all we have to do is look at Jesus. Um, because Jesus was a, an example, a complete example of God's kingdom. And we need to be able to um, put into practice and prioritize the attitudes, the values, and the motivations that we see in him. The difficulty is that, you know, we have our own culture and the culture around us is not always the same as the kingdom culture and driven by different desires, different motivations. And quite honestly, we find within ourselves, don't we, quite counterintuitive um, motivations to the kingdom. You know, the drives we might have, the human drives, are not really always those of the kingdom of God. But now, I'd like to ask for somebody who could come and help me out. I'm looking for a volunteer. Oh, thank you, Di. <laughs> now, um, I would like you to stay behind this line, please. They have a piece of string, line on the floor. Dyke is going to stay behind it. Um, Dyke, would you like to choose? You can choose from apples or frutella juicy fruits. And this is not a test of healthy eating, honestly, it's not. You can, it's quite free. Oh, look at that. Well, I'm going to put them on there. Now, I would, these are yours. You absolutely can have those. Um, I'd like you to come get them, but the only thing is I want you to put one leg has to stay behind the string. Okay? So can you 
see if you can reach them. Oh, and he has. He wasn't supposed to, but he has. I should have put him a bit further away. <laughs> so, uh, stay there. Uh, my point was going to be that actually we have to have both feet in the kingdom in order to take it up. But Di managed to reach it. But the thing is, Di, actually, you can have both because God... Because God is generous. He gives us everything we need. And actually, do you know what? No. Nope. <laughs> Two more. Because he always gives us more than we need and you can pass them around and you can share. So all that is yours. <laughs> See, Di managed to um, reach out and get those. I didn't quite... Ha- I, see, I, I know that math is not my good strong point of and all that kind of thing. But the point being, we do need both feet in the kingdom if we are to fully take up the kingdom of God. Um, and often, I think we do this sort of okie-cokie version thing. You know, one for in, one for out, in, out, in, out, and take it all about. And we do this okie-cokie version of the kingdom. Not sure that we're always aware that we're doing that. I know I do. I, you know, I can, I can tell within myself, oh, crumbs. You know, I know that isn't the right kind of attitude. I know that isn't the right kind of motivation. And I want to be in the kingdom, but actually at the minute, I've just stepped out of it, you know? Um, I did hear a lovely phrase that what somebody once used, which I thought, that is such a clever kind of get out. No, I, I haven't broken the boundaries. I've only just stepped out of them for a minute. <laughs> and I thought, and the difference is? <laughs> but I know I do that kind of thing. Now, the passage that Nick read for us, the Beatitudes there, which actually is supreme blessing, is not a big stick that God's holding over us. Do this, do that. This is an invitation into blessing. This is how we get blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are humble and acknowledge their need of God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, the kingdom of heaven, you know, God isn't talking about a bag of apples here and a few sweets. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven is ours, ours. And everything in his kingdom is ours if we are poor in spirit, if we are humble. Um, you know, he's not saying here, if you do the great works, the kingdom of heaven is yours. It's an attitude. It's humility, humbleness that gives us the kingdom of God. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. (laughs) Not now, thank you. (laughs) Later. Uh, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So those who use authority and power that God gives with gentleness, they will inherit the earth. 
not those who lord it over others or who are harsh. Blessed are the peacemakers. And really interesting that Dai read that passage about peace in the beginning. Those who seek true harmony because they will be called sons of God. Now, if we immerse ourselves in these attitudes, these are the things by which we take hold of the kingdom and as children of God, we would you know, be like our father. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? And we're very used to the passage, I guess, of the Beatitudes. But um, is it always easy to put it into practice? I think we think it might be, but I think we might be surprised at how difficult it is when we drop down to look at our own attitudes. If we just take peacemaker as example, yes, we all want peace, don't we? We look around the world, there is such a lack of peace, and we ask, bring to God, you know, ask God to bring peace. We need peace here, we need peace there, but what about closer to home in our own little circle? You see, peace isn't about stuffing things under the carpet and avoiding addressing issues. Now, how, how many of us, I wonder, fall into that trap? I just think I'll avoid it because it might cause a bit of conflict. But it's not the way of peace. You know, we need to be able to acknowledge difference and accept it and treat each other with respect when we hear difference. We need to be open if we have something we need to resolve within ourselves. Peace isn't carrying a resentment around forever and doing nothing with it. That isn't peace. What is being a peacemaker in my world, in my home? Because we can do the grandest things for God, but if we're shouting, everyone at, shouting at everyone at home, are we a peacemaker? You know, unfortunately, there isn't a spiritual heart bypass. You know, we can't get to the things we want of God through a different route. You know, we need the attitudes that will bless us through which God gives to us. I was talking to one of our members on Friday, and um, they asked a really interesting question too. <clears throat> they said, do we judge people by our own criteria or God's criteria? I think we would all like to think we use God's criteria. Again, if we drop down a bit deeper to examine ourselves, sometimes what are the motivations that I use? What are my criteria that I use when I judge others? Do I disapprove? Do I think I'm right and they're wrong? motivations and attitudes do we really have? 
See, we could look at every one of those 10 things that Nick read out, and we could have a week on each of them, because you know, they're all really important, and they all are worthy of dropping down that much deeper and examining, are we in the way of blessing? Because after all, this is about blessing. Are we walking in the way of blessing, or are we not? You know, when we think about the kingdom, we might think of, oh, it's miracles, healing, all the things that the king does that we talked about in the, in the few months past. You know, he heals, <clears throat> he's a creator king, he's a faithful king, he's a just king. All those things are really important part of who he is. Who are we in the kingdom? How do we immerse ourselves in that culture? You see, these attitudes and values of the kingdom are the soil from which everything else grows. You know, as if there isn't a bypass around those things. This is the soil from which other things spring up from. Whether people are watching us and seeing us or whether we're in private. This is the soil that we start from. It's the foundation of the other things that we may be seeking in the kingdom. So the question today is, where do you think your faith is taking you on this journey? Is it enough to say, well, I'm in the kingdom, great, I'll stay as I am, or I don't really see the need to change anything else about me. Is that where I am? Or are you looking beyond to sort of the horizons of seeing, I really want more of the kingdom culture in my life. These attitudes that I see, I need to know to be aware of when I've got one foot out of the kingdom again. Because we can be so familiar with ourselves, we hardly recognize it. You know, we've lived like that for years. And we can, we, we can tell ourselves, it's just how I am, you know. But is it the attitude that we would see in Jesus? How far do I want to go? How far am I willing to go in that journey of change?